Hello, you're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. I am your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. We got a special guest in the house, a brother from another, and I'm just really excited. We met originally at our church, and I don't, I don't even know. Was it in men's prayer or... I don't know. It was at church. I think it was, but it's men's prayer. Yeah, men's prayer. Men's prayer. Okay. And I was just, I just loved his damn accent. Let's cut to the chase. His accent was so... <laughs> I just wanted to get closer and closer. So long story short, he, you know, has the inspiration to get into real estate. He was just getting into it. And he was also just a savvy individual. He loves the idea of financial literacy and soaking up as much knowledge as possible. He's also an excellent pilot. He's flown with me several times. And every time that I feel like I'm about to die and, and lose control, he just giggles, laughs, and then pulls us up. So that's always fun. But but what's really cool is just seeing his progress, seeing the the stages of life of, you know, he, he's had a, a crazy flip that he's done in the past that turned out excellent, netting over $156,000. He's got a beautiful wife, a beautiful child. And he also has a couple buy and holds with no money into these deals. He's literally doing OPM. He's leveraging what he's learned in Credit Counseling Elite to utilize credit. He's got over $650,000 of credit lines that he's putting to work in real estate and bringing in a total of $9,000 and actually walking away, filling up his bank account with about $4,000 per month. It's just incredible. And it's just the beginning. It's truly just the beginning. So I, I'm just, I couldn't be more proud of the progress, the the stages behind it, and also seeing like there's there's struggles of of building any business, but real estate as well, doing it in the very beginning. So we're going to hear about those today. We're going to hear about the nitty gritty and how he's been doing it. And it's just exciting to see like there's levels to it. So the stages that he's already conquered, I can't wait to see what you do in, in the near future with more real estate. So Duncan, without a further ado, how you been, buddy? I've been doing fantastic. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, there's Brandon, that voice. Appreciate I appreciate it. it. Cool. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm from Louisiana. I mean, you know, how you can tell from the accent there. Yeah. But. <laughs> so anybody that out there that actually doesn't know who you are, where you're from, and, and the whole nine, do you mind just giving that 30,000 foot view for us? Okay, sounds good. So I'm Duncan, uh, originally from the UK. I've been out here in America for the seven and a half years right now. I came out to go to flight school. I met my beautiful bride and then got married and stayed. And we now have a, a beautiful baby. Love going to church, pilot, still a pilot. Will probably always be a pilot at some point in my life for doing some kind of flying and had a passion for real estate since I was a child. Set up a uh, property management company in the UK before I came out here just because I couldn't buy real estate over there. And then came out here and saw the, the possibilities of buying real estate and what it can do for you. So just got plugged in and just tried to grow as fast as possible. But although I've been here seven and a half years, I only was legally allowed to work and had a social security number to build credit and to, to buy things with for uh, probably about five and a half, six years of that seven and a half. So 
been a short journey so far, but looking so you forward didn't, to... you didn't have the social security then to be able to get no, it? No, first, first year, mm, year about 14 months of being here, no social, no job, no income, just my savings and school. Yeah. And, and some flipping cars, but yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And so without that, like once you finally got your social, then you're able to rock and roll and start getting some credit. Yeah, exactly. So Wells Fargo offered me a secured credit card without my social. And they said, when I get my social, I've got to attach that period of time I have with them onto it. So actually that secured credit card became a normal credit card. But that's like my longest ever account. And that's like six and a half years old. Nice. I was started that as soon as I got that, I kind of started applying for some credit cards, but didn't really know what I was doing. So I think I ended up with maybe $15,000 in credit lines across three credit cards. So I was like stoked about, and then that was it. That's when I started. <laughs> when you don't know any better, you're like 15,000. They're going to give yeah. this to me. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. I was like, damn, that's more I've had in my entire life. Let's just yeah. do this. Let's so, get by also, these toys. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me. Why weren't you able to get real estate back home in the UK? Was it a limited belief or just funding? Combination of things. It was lack of education, funding being a big one. The way the system works in the UK is very different over here. Um, I mean, the usual process to buy a house can take anywhere between three to six months due to sisters, lawyers. It's pretty pricey. You can buy homes quicker, but you've got to be all cash. Anything with traditional funding or lending is going to be a three to six months process. Wow. And the lending is much tighter. I mean, you're, you're looking at your maximum affordability is three and a half times general salary. So if you're making 30,000 pounds a year, you know, you can borrow maybe 120,000. I mean, that's not going to get you much over yeah. here. It's just, it's done a completely different way over here, which makes it, I mean, can you make money in real estate in the UK? Yes. It's just a different process and you need a lot more behind you or investors or things like that to make it successful. Yep. So I always knew growing up that in England, we call it bricks and mortar because that's how we build our houses over here. It's probably wooden sheathing. But um, I always knew that bricks and mortar were going to be my retirement fund. And that's you know over a 30, 40 year period. I truly believe you can't go wrong and you'll make money. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so talk to me. Once you moved over here, you came out here originally to learn how to fly and you're still flying today. You actually just started with Southwest Airlines a couple months ago. Correct. And yeah, back in December. I absolutely love it. I mean, first airline I've worked for previous, I did corporate and uh, it's just been amazing. It's different, different way of life, but yeah, schedule's good, good flexibility, great family, family time for what family time a pilot can have. So I like it. I love it. And I've talked to you about this offline in the past several times, and it is just so cool to see when somebody like lights up about what they do and flying is like, that's that thing that like lights you up. You just love, like love being in the air. You love having that, that freedom and control. And, and yeah, so that's, it's just so cool to have a career that you can work a few days a week, Mm -hmm. give and take throughout the month. And about about 12 days a month on average, 12 to 13 days a month. Out of 30 days, that's not bad, ladies and gentlemen, right? And then be able, to, be able to get a great salary, be able to do what you love, and then have all this extra free time to be with family, to be with friends, be able to grow like this side real estate hustle that is turning into something tremendous. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, in, you, you just get here, you had to put in the work. I mean, Starting off your flight instructor, I was working seven days a week, building my hours up, building my time up. You know, I had a, three jobs at one point. So I was helping my wife go to school. 
Yep. And um, yeah, you got to put in the you got to put in the hard work. Nothing comes easy. As long as you're to put the hard work in, it will certainly pay off. As long yeah. as it's in the right place. Yeah, that's good. I love it. Okay, so talk to me about this real estate thing. So the first one was actually your primary residence. You ended up buying your primary residence out here, but you uh, you're able to build an ADU, an excessive dwelling unit, yeah. in the back. And Correct. so doing this, this is actually. I don't want to like label it as like your worst deal. I, I wouldn't say that by any means. It's doing great right now, but it's it's the deal that you have uh, the most amount of money into, which is six thousand dollars, right? Yeah, my own personal, my own own cash, six thousand dollars went into my prime residence. It was a great deal I got through California, California Asia fair time, and my number one criteria in looking for a house was I want to build an ADU. So yeah. if the plot of land wasn't designed for it or, or available to do, I'd even look at the house. Yeah. That was our number one criteria, yeah, investment. So <laughs> That's good. We, we came across this house, 6,000 out of pocket. Um, it would have been less had the value of the house been $30,000 cheaper, it'd be zero out of pocket, but the house took to the boxes. So I uh, put the six grand in, down payment loan was given to me by the government, and just closing cost loan was given to me by the lender, and then obviously the 96.5% mortgage. So, and how much? How much was that property originally? 480. 480. And I bought that in 2018. Okay. Yeah. And then afterwards, you started building the ADU right away? Yeah, that's literally before we even closed the property, we went and met the realtor there, had um, the architect come around and start measuring up and drawing up. Like that was the first thing we did, apart from changing some carpets because of monkey carpets. But uh, yeah. outside of changing carpets, the first thing we did was build a granny flat. So it took a bit longer than we were expecting. Just always. different things came up. Always, always the way. Um, Typical. You know, broken promises by contractors. Definitely a steep learning curve on the contract side. I mean, I, I've been learning about real estate ever since I arrived in the country, even before that. So even I didn't purchase for the first three years of being here, I was educating myself on it, You know, attending seminars, reading books, watching YouTube videos, that kind of thing. And uh, so we've got the ADU built and to fund it. I mean, I, I maxed myself out just to buy the house. I mean, I was, I was house poor at this point in time after buying it. Yep. So I took out a personal loan. And then I, during that time, I built some more credit cards and, and more credit history. So my credit portfolio was probably around about 50 grand at this point. And I put $35,000 on credit cards and put another $35,000 on a personal loan and gave me 70 grand. And then uh, the final little bit came from a, a motorcycle accident I had and the conversation claim kind of covered the final bill, like almost perfect in terms of the amount of money I needed to cover the final bill and $80,000 later, the ADU's bill. Yeah, I love it. God's good, right? So mm -hmm. I remember when you originally went into a good amount of credit card debt, about 100K to be able to pay for the ADU, but then you're about to do the refinance afterwards and we're having some issues with the lender because you had too many hard inquiries at the time, right? Like, God forbid. Yeah, I had a bunch. I, I took out as many credit cards as I could to obviously pay for the, the work and I had hard inquiries affecting my credit score and I had obviously some very high balances as well. So that was when I kind of reached out to you. We connected at church and you helped me get rid of my hard inquiries. Like literally overnight, my credit score jumped up by like 35 points. I think it was 40 points just by removing the hard inquiries. Yep. Then we started moving some balances around and then boom, credit scores up even higher. Yeah. And then I was able to do my refinance. Unfortunately, I got a little bit screwed on the uh, valuation at the time. So I did a straightforward rate and term, got a nice low rate, went from 5.6 times 2.8. 
Yep. And then I took out a hundred percent HELOC on the rest of it. Yeah. And that was like four and a half percent of the time. And that's what paid off all the loans and all the credit cards I had. And that's I got good. this one small payment and I had 25 grand left over in my HELOC. Yeah. And I was like, what do I do with $25,000? I'm yeah. going to buy another house. <laughs> so before we talk about that, I, I remember yeah. clearly like the shocked expression when we removed oh, the yeah. hard inquiries and you were like, get out of here. Like, what the hell? And then also the lender was very shocked too, because he was denying you one day. And then right after, mm-hmm. because of this, once you removed it, like the very next day, he was like, oh, dude, like we, we can get you approved now. And then you just started moving some debt around as well. And, and it made it even better. So I just remember like the eyes started lighting up and you're like, holy cow, like this is possible. We can start rocking and rolling with this. And, and I think you became a believer at that time, but oh, absolutely. Uh, and it was that same year I joined, I then joined credit cards. For leads, that same year. Yeah. So it was about a couple months afterwards. Once I got the other stuff going on, I ended up joining. Yep. Joining credit cards. Elite. How has it been so far for you in credit cards? Elite? It's been great. The information, the knowledge, the, the, the schooling has been amazing. Uh, the you know, network we have there, you know, everyone's helping each other out. Everyone comes with some great questions, which questions I didn't even think about. And when I think about the question, I'm like, well, oh, I didn't know the answer to that. So it's, yeah. it's a very good community and just, you know, the education levels, levels of help, you know, you can do all self-serve, but if you need help or just guidance, they're there to help. And it's, I mean, the education I've got there has enabled me to hit $600,000 in credit yeah. lines. Yeah, I, I've gone from fifty thousand, six hundred two thousand, you know, in a space of what eighteen, twenty-two years. Yeah, I love uh, it. Yeah, and just realizing potential I didn't even know was potential is is pretty awesome. Yeah, so I would I plug plug for Credit Council Elite. It's great. The education is great. Get involved, and and yeah, you will learn a lot. And through education, you can have growth and realize potential. So talk to me about, you had the 25K, you had some extra credit lines mm-hmm. at that point. You realized, all right, now I got this fund. Let's put it into real estate. So what was the next deal that you jumped into right away? Exactly. So we spent a little bit of time just kind of like, you know, steadying the boat. There's been a lot of activity going on, you know, getting things paid off and just, you know, a bit of calm time. But like, babe, so my wife, it's time to, time to do the next thing. And unfortunately, in California, prices are pretty high. You know, we're now high of COVID. I think it was 2020. 2020 did the refi at the end of 2020, early 2021, I closed on the HELOC. So then I started looking and come summer of 21, obviously high of COVID, looking to buy a house, market's going crazy. I'm working with a realtor and I was like, you yeah, know, this is what I've got. I can, I managed to find someone to, uh, you know, mortgage company. Was it? Yeah. It turned out the guy I used to, one of the guys I used to fly as a corporate pilot, hmm. he happened to own a mortgage company. In fact, later, but it was, I didn't know the two were connected at the time. It wasn't until we went down a mortgage route that the two were connected. I turned out I knew him from being his pilot, but we started working on a pre-approval and basically I found a house and we lost it to a higher bidder. Like by about, we bid 35 grand over asking, they bid 68,000 over asking. Yeah. And then kept looking, kept looking. I'm in the middle of Arizona on a work trip and I get a phone call saying, hey, the highest bid is falling out of escrow. The seller's like, do you want it at your original offer? So I'm going to put back on the market. I was like, they can close in three weeks. Sure. Because at the time I'd actually agreed to leave my job and change a different job. But yeah. they agreed to confirm my employment up until the last day of my employment, which was three weeks. So we closed on my last day of my work. We moved in as a primary residence because it's the only way I could afford a 5% down payment using that 25 grand. Yep. My brother actually lent me 
I think it was just under 10,000 for closing costs. I completely forgot about closing costs. Like yeah. crap, only 10 grand. So he, he gave me 10K, which I, I gave him a, a nice interest rate on. Yeah. And we went into it. The long-term goal of that was to knock it down and build 12 units there because it was this half-acre plot of land. It had zoning for already. Then my wife fell pregnant and uh, plans changed. So I ended up flipping it, put like just over 6,000 in the kitchen. I just did myself a handyman, built a fence, new bathroom, paint, bit of paint, and uh, sold it eight months later. That's incredible. For how much? 730. So you sold I it for 765. You paid 565. You, you sold it for 730. And how much did you put into the renovation? How long did it take? About $6,000 total. $6,000 you put yeah. into it? Yeah, it's a two thousand about two thousand dollars in my IKEA kitchen that I self-installed. About nine hundred bucks building a forty-three foot fence and yeah. some paint and had a new bath. A new bathroom through an insurance company. We had a slight insurance issue, which they they took care of for us. A, a plumbing so, issue. So luckily, you're a handy man, and you were able to oh, yeah. knock out, you know, buy materials for the most part, and then do a, a good cosmetic touch up two things and be mm-hmm. able to make, you netted $156,000 on that yeah. deal. Exactly. That's not a bad, that's not a bad deal. In how long? Eight months. Eight months. Yeah. That's Eight a, months total. That's a payday. Of which for three months of that, we lived in our own rental. We kept the first house. Yeah. We lived in it as in, it was an Airbnb. But then when we had to move out of our house with insurance work to be done, I just moved into my own Airbnb, which my own house and has insurance pay for 100% occupancy of my Airbnb. That a boy. I own as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah very, I was very blessed very in that sad. situation. Yeah. <laughs> I was very, 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 very blessed. And very uh, right place, right time. And it, everything just kind of fell into line. So, but again, 6,000 out of pocket, 25,000 was my total basic cost. And that was from the HELOC. So it wasn't my money. It was all leveraged. Yeah. And I don't want to take any glory away from God because at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. he, he made all this possible by all means. I'm, I'm very firm believer in that. I also just want to give credit to like the creativity. Once you start really like when there's a will, there's a way. When you start going down mm-hmm. this rabbit hole of trying to get all the creativeness of like how to actually make this happen and be so darn determined to to push through that, to succeed with it, I believe there's always an option. Like I, I truly believe that. So all the different creative things that you did mm-hmm. in all areas of life, you know, to be able to get to where you're at today, I, I, I got to give credit to that as well. I think God has given you a, a unique gift that I think that we try to teach in Credit Council Elite as well of like, get creative, think outside the box, think about if you did this, 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 that you can, you know, you could live in your Airbnb, get full occupancy, get more money than renting it out. Actually, you'd be able to spend a couple thousand bucks with materials, mm-hmm. do the handyman stuff, get net 156,000. It's like all these different things can set you up with tremendous success. And so I just think that's awesome. So talk to me, dealing with contractors, that sounds like it's been a learning curve a, a little bit, just yeah. like all of us, right? Yeah, so, it's been a steep learning curve for sure. You know, any of the listeners out there that could benefit from learning curves, I think it's a key role that we should play into. Anything that would be helpful to the listeners or myself, any learning curves in general that you you learn from is big smack to the face. Like, I'm never going to do that again, whether it's contractors or not in real estate. Yeah. So 
even I read the books, did the courses, listened yeah. to YouTube and podcasts, and they all said, make sure you get everything you're writing, detailed quotes. I didn't do it. Yeah. Make sure you stick to your guns and be like, okay, you know what to do. Actually go and do what you know you need to go and do. And don't think, oh, I'll be okay. Because that was an attitude I had to kind of quickly get rid of because it bit me in the bum. Yep. significantly my very first contractor our contract was a, a like a two-page text message yeah so what i've learned is there's a big discrepancy never assume anything because you'll be left crying at the end of it because what they think is a good enough job and what you're expecting to be done are two very different things and never have work done before you have a written quote not my last project but project for that my triplex which we'll talk about later we had some work done. It's like, oh yeah, I'll just take care of it. I'm like, I'm still waiting for a quote. Yeah, we'll just take care of it. It'll come, it'll come. And a quote came back and I was like, wow, that was, if I knew it was going to be that much, I would not have had it done in the first place. Mm. So definitely get everything you're writing first, go through it and even have a conversation, break down line by line. It might take you an hour, but it's worth it. Make sure you're both on the same page in terms of interpretation of what each line means. Yeah. You know? Fin- you know, levels of finish and, and then painting or you know whatever maybe painting trim work okay are you are they expecting just to go a light sand or doing hardwood floors if you're refinishing hardwood floors my expectation was it's sanding right back to the beginning and then it's new stain new polyurethane on top of it their expectation was it's just a light sand to get rid of any damage and then just a new coat of polyurethane refinished floors is the same thing but make sure you guys are on the same page expectations because yeah. that's what has stung me a couple of times and I'm learning and it's every, you learn every single time to make sure it's fine. Yeah, I agree. What's so funny between you and me is like, I read all the books. I listened mm-hmm. to all the YouTube, all the podcast, and I knew exactly how to succeed in real estate. And when I actually went out and implemented it, I cut all the corners. <laughs> you know? I was like, oh yeah, well, these contractors are different. Maybe I'll just, we can just keep it between me and them, you know, or mm. I'll send them the money up front. And it's like, what are you doing? All, all these Every book says don't do it, but we still yeah. going to do it. Yeah. So I think it's so incredibly important that the communication and transparency, uh, contractors think a completely different way than investor. And that's mm-hmm. okay. It's somebody works hands on. I think it's a gift and a blessing. It's important to learn how to simplify and dumb every little thing down. Even if mm-hmm. it sounds repetitive, it's a, if it sounds aggressive, you should have pictures in there. You should have a step-by-step like, you know, get this and turn this and make sure it's locked. Make sure, you know, all these little pieces are broken down as properly as possible and as simplified as possible. So mm-hmm. think of it like baking a cake, right? You want to make the directions as simple as possible so that nobody can mess up the damn cake. (laughs) And you want to do the same thing as well as with your house, you know, electrical, plumbing, flooring, heating, you know, windows, bathrooms, kitchens and uh, paint, all that fun stuff. It's important. So the more you can get as extremely detailed and then go room by room as mm-hmm. well with the contractor going through the sheet and have them explain it to you so that you can see like where are they interpreting it the same way I am you don't want to go through the list and just you shouting out everything you want them to actually read it back to you to make sure that they fully understand because any heartache mm-hmm. behind that can be total devastation 
And the one thing I, I like to do as well, when I'm walking like now, I do out of state, so it's a bit different. I use video cameras. I'll try and get out there when I can, but lots of videos. So, you know, let them know you take time to make sure you're not blurry. I ask them for their thoughts and their opinions. And I already know kind of what I want to do in the space, but sometimes they come up with something creative. And if not, you know, I talk to them about what their expectations are in terms of finish levels. And, and that way it helps make sure on the same page. I like said, if we just keep speaking, 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 yeah, it kind of starts just going through one and out the other rear. So, yes. but yes, that's definitely a, a steep learning point that was, you know, and also time frames. you know, be punch on timeframes from them and have clauses in there, which cost them if they go over. My initial ADU, I was promised three months, seven months later, it's finished. Now, my issue with that is my debt servicing at the time was close to $1,700 a month. Yeah. That was an extra almost $10,000 spent just in debt servicing without any rent coming in yep. from the ADU. Yeah. So um, definitely that's something I'm putting into future contracts, debt yeah. time frames. I appreciate whether things that can have an effect. So there's a little bit of like leniency in there, but definitely set time frames with bonuses for completing early and consequences for finishing late. Yeah, I'm, I'm a firm believer in bonuses for getting done mm-hmm. early uh, timeframes. Also pay schedule, like you will not get paid early. You'll get paid after I verify the, if you want to get paid mm-hmm. Friday, make sure whatever gets done this week is done by Thursday so that I can verify it. I'm not going to take your word. Um, and then afterwards, especially if it's long distance, I will have an assistant or I'll have somebody that I hire on $35 or whatever to go over to the property to take their own pictures, mm-hmm. to give me their own advice as a third party person and to kind of babysit and check all the different yeah. angles and pictures that the contractor isn't showing, you know, and, and, and once that's you of- show that, I think it helps out tremendously, but having the bonuses as well as the consequences, mm-hmm. it, it makes it fair. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of that, your team is as important as you are in terms of making real estate successful, especially out of state. Of course. Um, and I'm very fortunate I've met a realtor in Cincinnati where my out of state ones are, who is, we have the same moral beliefs. We have the same belief system. We like to work with integrity and she goes above and beyond and she is my boots on the ground and will go and look at rehabs for me. And if she thinks they're not good, even though it might be in connection to her recommendation wise, She'll be honest with me and I've had issues and conversations and work redone based on her input, which has been phenomenal. Yeah, that's huge. That's really important to have boots on ground that you can truly Mm -hmm. trust and leverage their eyes and their boots right there, you know, to be able to handle Mm -hmm. the the work that you can't. Absolutely. Talk to me. Any other uh, learning curves that you've fallen into? Expectations on payment scales. Um, Obviously, I've been using hard money for a lot of my the the newer stuff I've done, and there's a a draw period. You know, they have to send someone around to verify work, and then they have to release the funds. It can take a couple of days. Initially, my contract's like, "Well, I give you invoice. I expect payment in two days." I'm like, "Okay," and I'm like, "Oh crap! It takes more than two days for this to happen." So the second lot of contractors I use, we're on the same page. They used to work with hard money lenders, and I told them that from day you submit your invoice, it could to seven days to receive payment. Yeah, this is the process, this is what it takes. And they're like, okay, if they say no, well, like, you're not going to get the job done because this is how the payment structure works. Yeah. The only way it's different to that is if they take credit cards, in which case I max out my points, and then I'll just pay it off when I get the funds come in. From yeah. the That's another it's thing. It's a great I, way of maxing points out. 
Yeah, I I only work with contractors that accept credit cards. And if they don't Mm -hmm. accept credit cards, I will highly encourage them and teach them how to so that they can build up their business credit so that they can get more lines of credit for equipment and so forth like that down the road. And I will negotiate the fees behind it. I have no problem paying the fees myself if needed, just to be able to have that insurance behind it. You know, if I pay three grand at the end of spending $100,000, with the fees just for the protection all day. I'll, I'll pay that all freaking day and I'll get, I'll stack up a ton of bonuses with it to get free mm-hmm. vacations afterwards. Right. Like that's cool with me because, you know, if you lack in the beginning on a little bit of the detailed scope of work and pay periods and all these other things, if there's discrepancies, then the paying in cash or upfront or any of the other things that they try making you do, like it can be a real pain overall. So you mm-hmm. want to be cautious and make sure that your liabilities and, and your protection is on up to par. And like you said, from the point side of things, I picked up 630,000 points yeah. across American Express and Chase just to my last two projects. Yeah. Sign on bonuses and things like that. I Come mean, on, that's a no brainer. <laughs> two projects, I was going to pay spend money anyway, so you might as well get the points for it. You know what's crazy? I got just just the other week. I got this two hundred and fifty thousand MR point bonus. So that's like my I don't know how many platinum cards I have now, but I will keep getting them. The more they send me bonuses like that, by mm-hmm. all means, because I know how to put them to work. I know how to waive the annual fees as well. But yeah, it's just powerful, right? Absolutely. Talk to me. Uh, any other learning curves that you think a listener could really learn from, so that they don't make the same mistake that you have? Or myself. Um, obviously, with the contractors, we talked about making sure on the same page. Make sure you're on the same page in terms of where you want your project to be. You know, there's a very big difference between rental, ready, and flipping. And if you're doing a burst strategy, you're kind of a hybrid between the two. Try to maximize ARV versus not, you know, but versus rental. And if a contract has in one mind each rental, and yet you're thinking ARV, there's going to be a discrepancy there. So again, on the same page. The other thing with, uh, I'd probably say hard money lending is just understanding the finance site, understanding the costs involved with that, building up a network of lenders. Don't get worried. There's money out there. There's always money out there. Find the deal and money will come. Yep. And the first couple you do, accept the fact it's going to be a bit pricey. You're there taking a risk on you. You're new to the industry, but think long-term. If you get caught up in the short-term, okay, can cost me like five grand next year on closing costs because the, the fees are high. But yeah. is there still money to be made? Yes. In which case, pull the trigger. And it wasn't until I pulled the trigger that all this kind of stuff started coming out because I had analysis prices for such a long time. And I was like, I just got to pull the trigger. That's good. And make sure your other house on board as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Make sure, make sure you're being Yeah. Make sure the whole family's on board. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's good. So you got a couple rental properties now. You're bringing in 9K a month, but you're actually netting about 4K. You're doing the burst strategy. You got no money into these deals. You've leveraged debt. You got 650K in credit lines. Whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. And you're looking to grow more of your portfolio as you're you're working your dream job, being able to you know do just about 12 days a week. Or I'm sorry, 12 that days a month. That sounds crazy. You're working overtime. <laughs> you're doing 12 days a month. So you have all this other time for family and building up your business. What, what does the end goal look like for you? And what, what are you trying to take down on a month, like annual basis? Well, my end goal is to replace my annual income from 
what I'd be like a 12 year captain with real estate and other assets and other investments, real estate being the primary one. And just basically kind of had it rolled up into, you know, multi-families, um, apartment, get into the apartment building world and really start growing it that way. So that way I can still do what I love. The joy of one of the great benefits of doing what I do is I can give trips away and I can get to point my work in maybe six days a month. I think there's a minimum requirement that's required. Whatever it is, I'll do the minimum. And then the rest of my money is going to come from real estate. So I get more freedom of time. Because the one thing I've learned is irreplaceable is time. Yeah. Money comes and goes. Everything else comes and goes. Time is like once you've lost, it's gone. So I'll have as much time as possible to be at home, my family, my kids, see them grow up. Also, real estate's there for my kids' college funds. Like I don't want to sit and have to save five grand a month, 10 grand a month for college. Like each house, I mean, a house each or a triplex each, put into a trust. They get the cash flow, get the house. When he gets 18 years of age, they're going to have five, $600,000 in the account. Plus, the house is always paid off. Want to go to college? Great. If you want to build, start a business, great. Like they have the option, like some of the, the, the five, two, nine C's, you, know, you could use them for college or education. It's tied to stock market, which is about as reliable as a chocolate teapot, which is not. And, you know, I want to have more control over it. And, and the real estate is over a long period of time. There's ups, always ups and downs. Be worry every time it goes down. Maybe not for you, but yeah, you know, as long as you haven't got to sell drastically in a downward market and you can cover the costs, you're going to make money in real estate. Good. I like that. Yeah. And I mean, if you can hold on to it for the five, 10 years, like it always does well. So I mean, mm-hmm. history shows it. Numbers don't lie. Talk to me. So you're going to keep on uh, building up your portfolio. What would you leave the audience with to be able to, like, if anything's holding them back truly to get started in real estate? Definitely do your research on the area. If you're going to do out of state, the reason I picked out of state is California is an expensive market to buy. And it's, it can be more challenging to cash flow. I know Brandon does great cash flow on short-term Airbnbs. Yep. Um, but with where I'm at, finance-wise, that was an option for me. So uh, if you are looking at state, really do diligence hard on the areas and know your reasons and know your market. Spend time on that and spend time networking to get people who you can trust in those areas you know, as best as possible. Yeah, That's kind of what I would say core. But reality is, once you spend some time doing that, I probably spent three months on that Pacific section, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. Worst case scenario, you might break even, but in a mar- even in today's market, if the numbers make sense now, it's seven and a half, eight and a half percent. When rates drop and refinance, it's going to make even more sense and you even more cash rich. So if you can cash flow even 400 bucks, and I, think, I wouldn't not recommend single family homes right now, but yeah. if you can cash flow like 500 bucks across a triplex, is that a lot of money? No, it's not, but it's a building block. It shows lenders you can do it. It shows yourself you can do it. It yep. gives you confidence. And then on top of that, when the rates drop down to say 5%, you refinance that 500 bucks now, $1,000. And then just going to keep building it from there. So just Good. pull the trigger. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like a broken record, it's like there's never a, bet, like a better time in the world than to buy real estate right now. Because if you can make the numbers mm-hmm. work on a deal right now, then honestly, you're holding on to something that's going to cash flow even more later on. Or if you're dooms gloom saying, oh, the interest rates are just going to get worse and worse and worse. And if they did, then if it makes sense today and you lock in today, <laughs> you're still winning. Yeah. So get the best. Exactly. You can. exactly. What do you think about the market? Is there any, like, um, where do you predict? I know nobody's got that crystal ball, but what do you think is going to happen in the next uh, 12 months? I'm just going to get my crystal ball there with me. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, so my personal opinion, I think 
the market right now is going to be very area dependent. Um, it's not going to be like a, a one size fits all across the USA. I think certain markets are going to struggle. Um, some of the Midwest markets are going to start doing better because people are going to think it's cheaper to buy there and they're worried about depreciation because where the market is. So I think the Midwest and some of the cheaper markets across the board are going to start doing well. And you might see a little bit of appreciation going on because inventory is still low across the country. So I think rates are going to stay where they are for probably the next 12 months. There's going to be some fluctuation, but between that 6 and 8% mark for the next 12 months, I think they're going to be pretty standard. And maybe next year, you might start seeing them come down slightly. I don't see them going much more than above 10% based on you know just historic numbers and what have you. But um, I think it's going to actually start getting a bit more competitive, especially in the multifamilies. A lot of social media pushing for it. There's a lot of like YouTube influencers and other people um, really pushing multifamily right now, which is getting the first-time investor kind of like interested and involved. And I think you're going to start seeing a lot of competition for uh, you know, some of the smaller multifamilies, those, those two to four unit properties. Yeah. Yeah. Residential multifamily. Love it. Mm-hmm. Cool, man. Well, that's where the money's at. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Single family house. If, if it's vacant, then it's vacant. You're not, you're covering the expenses. Mm-hmm. So if, if you have a fourplex and one or two or three units are vacant, then most likely it's still covering that one is most likely still covering your mortgage and your expenses. Your so I love it. Well, I appreciate your time greatly today. How can people get a hold of you? You can hit me up on Facebook, Instagram. That's about it for now. Not really a massive social media presence, but uh, Facebook, Instagram, you can reach out, shoot a message. Happy to help answer questions, whether it be real estate or credit. But uh, definitely get involved in credit. It allows you to do so much more. It gives you flexibility. It gives you backups. It gives you just relief and point. You know, points are great. I've taken my wife to Denver. I've been multiple trips without paying for anything because I've just been using points I've accumulated yep. by doing real estate. I love it. I'll slide you the 20 bucks later. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> Appreciate it, bro. All right, man. It no, was an was... incredible episode. I'm just, I, I got to say, bro, I'm just so proud of you. Just seeing the journey and seeing where you're at now. And and it, like I said, it's just the beginning. Like you're just in the beginning phases of this, what, you know, this thing we call real estate. And it's cool to see what it's going to do for you. It's cool to see the creative side in you taking credit and running with it in so many different ways. And also being locked in with like your, your, dream job now, which is awesome. So I just know the fulfillment, it, you know, when you're aligned with all these things, it, it really is unbelievable. So kudos to you, bro. Appreciate you. Love you, man. And Thanks guys, for if you want to get a hold of me, you can always do so uh, on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments on facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. You can reach me as well. And you should, if you haven't already, I don't know why you haven't, hit that subscribe button to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. After listening to a few episodes like this one, then make sure you leave a five-star review. Let us know your feedback. Appreciate every single one of you guys. It means the world to us that you guys are sharing this out, subscribing, and leaving all these five-star reviews. You guys are amazing. Love you. And as always, if you want to get credit to 650,000 or more, just like Duncan has, be able to travel the world for free, be able to buy real estate assets, then what we do in Credit Counts Elite is literally teach business owners like you to be able to get up to $500,000 every six months at 0% interest and so, so much more. 
So you can check out creditcounselelite.com. That's www.creditcounselelite.com. Watch a 10-minute video on there to explain a little bit more. And then afterwards, you can fill out this quick form so we can learn more about you. You can schedule a call with either myself or one of our team members in Credit Council Elite to be able to talk about your situation and give you a mind map plan on how we can either work with you or how you can benefit yourself and, and grow your business just like Duncan has. So love you guys all so much. We'll see you on the other side. Till next time, God bless. Duncan, you're the man. Stay blessed, man. Thank you, everyone. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonelliottinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.